0: Hello, hello, and welcome everyone to our next interview. Today we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence and specifically on how can it help vegan businesses. As many of us are here thinking about growing our business, many of you are maybe just getting started and this podcast is your inspiration. What I'm hoping today is we can start to either get you more comfortable with artificial intelligence if you've been hearing about it, hearing the buzz about it, maybe even some of those interesting headlines about it. Maybe today we can talk about it in the context of how it can help your business, how this could be a tool in your toolkit. Now, I know that everyone on our podcast has started or launched their businesses as well. So even if you're in that planning stage, or if you're just hanging out with us today and you're just curious, like, is AI really something I want to do? is AI really the future or is it just kind of clogging up all those headlines? I'm hoping we're going to be able to address that with our guests today. So first, I just want to introduce Sam Tucker. Sam, I'm so glad to have you here with us today.
1: I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Absolutely. And what I want to do is before we get into AI, let's just set the stage because I know the way you're kind of bringing these tools to the world and to many of us entrepreneurs out there is you really build a business that has multiple kind of facets to it, multiple ways to support. And while today we're going to talk about one specific area around AI, maybe what you can do to just kick things off is just give everyone a little bit of background on veg catalysts. Like what is that vision for the business? How is it a resource to many of us out there? And then we'll dive into the AI side of
1: yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a long story. It's like a fifteen year story that I'm gonna to try to compress into like fifteen seconds. Okay. But basically I've been very passionate about animal rights ever since I was a kid. When I was eleven, I read a book about factory farming and was shocked about like the way that we treated animals. So I spent a long time trying to find more effective ways to communicate that message in order to convince more people. And so that led me through, you know, a series of different types of animal rights activism. I spent five years working as the Outreach Manager for Australia and New Zealand for Vegan Outreach, so in the nonprofit space. And I realized through that, that even though the work we were doing was very impactful and, you know, changed a lot of people's minds, there was a limit to the scalability because it was all one-on-one in person, right? So you can only hand out so many leaflets each day, you can only have so many conversations, but in the digital space, you can really, you know, there's no limit to the scalability of it. So I became very convinced that digital media was an important avenue for activism, and I also realized that there was a big lack of resources in the nonprofit sector. So I found this statistic that was quite depressing. It's like if you look at just the marketing budget of a company like McDonald's, that completely dwarfs the entire operating budget of every animal charity combined. So I became very convinced that I need to be doing something in the digital space and something that was self sustaining in terms of revenue and not something that required, you know, asking for donations. So those two things led me towards starting a digital marketing agency focused on vegan businesses. And my partner and I, we did that for about a year before we noticed, again, another issue with the scalability of that approach. So even though we were getting some really great results for the clients we worked with, there's, again, only so many clients you can work with directly on that one-on-one basis. So we were constantly thinking, you know, how do we be more efficient? How do we help more vegan businesses out there? So we started implementing a lot of AI tools ourselves. We were using AI copywriters and things like that, but we found that the content they created really was not optimized for vegan businesses at all. We had a like a vegan shoe company, for example. We were trying to write copy with with these AI copywriting tools, and literally, we would say like you know write a social media caption for a vegan shoe, and it would say these boots are made out of beautiful cow skin, and it's like, you know, completely missed the point. So didn't understand. The nation, the ethics behind it, and really wasn't optimized for high-quality performance either. So we started creating this AI tool internally, and originally we were just kind of thinking, like, you know, our team would use it to be more efficient. But then we realized that there was a huge potential for this to help a lot more businesses. And with something like AI, it's infinitely scalable, right? Like, as opposed to a marketing agency where you work with a few businesses something like an AI tool has the potential to help the entire economic sector and the entire movement. So that's why uh, we started VAG3. We put it out publicly in a beta test that attracted about 500 users. And yeah, we've just been steadily growing it ever since.
0: Perfect. Now, when we think about AI, and I think one of the challenges for many of us is, you know, we're trying to figure out how do you kind of balance that line between making sure your marketing is personal making sure your marketing kind of feels your brand image. How are you achieving that in this AI world? How do we kind of make sure that it's it's achieving our objectives or are we putting too much on it? Am I asking too much from AI? And AI has its own lane and a personalized email is a completely different marketing channel.
1: No, I think that personalization is extremely important. The problem that you have if you're relying on human copywriters for that is how do you personalize at scale? If you have like 10 clients that you're talking to, very easy to send personalized emails to everyone. But if you have 10,000 customers, how do you send personalized emails to all of them? And AI is actually one of the only ways that you can do that. So you can segment your user base according to like their different interactions online, you know, have they added to card, et cetera? And you can create customized messages for all these different steps along the way. And in terms of brand message, I do agree that that is very important. And that was one of the big problems that we noticed with those generic AI copywriters is that they didn't understand that brand messaging for vegan businesses. So that was, again, a big part of why we started VG3 to create something that was fine tuned to understand that. And so I think, um, Another answer to that also is like training AI on your own data. So, you know, you don't want just an AI that's kind of trained like the conventional ones where it scrapes the whole internet indiscriminately. And it's just sort of like looking at what series of words happen most often because, you know, it's not personalized for your brand and it's also not optimized to get results. So I do think that it's really important to be using an AI tool that accesses your data. It can see like what kind of copy did well, for example, with your specific audience. And then it uses that information to learn how to write more like that.
0: Okay, so wait a minute. I want to make sure I understand this. You're saying that we could use your AI tool and I could personalize it so that it has more my brand language where if business B or nonprofit B could use the same AI tool and kind of train it a little bit to have a different language, different kind of approach to the content that it produces?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we're not 100% of the way there yet. So where we're at now is we have predictive analytics models. So basically, the way that works is you connect something like your Facebook account, your email marketing account, whatever it might be. And it looks at the historic data of things like open rates, click-through rates, the amount of reach a social media post got. And from that, it can find the trends as to like what's causing better performance for your audience specifically. So, for example, you know some audiences maybe they respond best to a combination of a message about both health and animal welfare. For others, maybe you know there's all sorts of combinations of like tone and topic and all these different things that we can categorize copy into. And I, our AI can basically look at people's marketing data. And it can then use that information to make predictions about how marketing content will perform before you post it.
0: All right. So, and maybe I should back up a little bit, because I'm sure a couple of our listeners, I'm sure a couple of people who are maybe even watching this today or watching this series of replay, they may be saying, okay, we use AI so generically a lot of times in our language. You know, AI mm-hmm. is used in gaming, AI is used in example like this for marketing, AI can be used for all types of applications. So if I back up a little bit and say, for a vegan business, for a nonprofit, what would you say are the top three, four, five, whatever list you need, (laughs) um, purposes that someone should be considering AI to be used for in their business?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I think to do that, you have to look at like, what are the benefits of AI and where is it ahead of humans? And then where are humans ahead of AI? So there's areas in both of those categories. Mm So where AI really excels is in data. So the data that an AI is trained on is really important and its ability to understand data is much better than any humans. Like, you know, we can only keep so many facts in our head. If you're looking at spreadsheets and spreadsheets with like tens of millions of rows of data, like you're not going to be able to gather any insights from that, right? It's not really possible for an individual human. But for AI, they can see all of that data essentially at once and they can see patterns and trends that emerge from it. So I think that right there is probably the single biggest advantage of AI at the moment is that, you know, it's just so much better at finding these trends across really large amounts of data and vegan businesses and any business really have a lot of this when it comes to digital marketing, because everything is tracked. You know We can see like the click-through rates, the reach, all of these different factors. So I would say that's definitely one area where the AI can be really helpful for vegan businesses. Another area I would say is in reducing costs as well because, you know, it's much cheaper and faster to run an AI program than it is to spend hours on creating something yourself. So, yeah, I'd say those two things would be the two biggest sort of benefits of AI.
0: Now, if a person isn't as, you know, tech savvy. I think a lot of times when I work with a lot of clients, you know, the AI, it sounds good or it sounds intriguing, but it can feel intimidating. It can feel like, well, I don't really know what it does. So how can I rely on it? How can I trust it? How can I move it into my marketing space? What would you say to someone who is a little bit tech adverse or a little hesitant with this process to get them more comfortable and help them understand how you know, this process is maybe worth the investment of learning and understanding because it can, like you said, it's maybe a little bit ahead of humans and it can maybe help a business get ahead?
1: Yeah, great question. So I think, you know, the big misconception that a lot of businesses have, especially recently with how much AI has been in the conversation publicly, people sort of have this misconception that every single business needs to suddenly like hire a whole team of developers and all become AI experts. But the reality is there's already people that are doing that and making tools that are like very intuitive to use and consumer friendly. So I would say that the first place anyone should start when they're looking at implementing AI in their business is basically just write a list of like all of the tasks that take up the majority of your time, especially if it's like a repetitive task. And then just have a look, are there tools on the market that can do that for you? And so you don't actually need to know all the details behind the scenes of how these things work. You just need to know that they do work.
0: All right. All right. So then we're making a list. I'm saying, okay, you know, I'm sending a lot of confirmation emails. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I'm sending a lot of thank you emails, especially things like that that are very repetitive. Or, you know, I'm planning out my social media for the month and I could use some help with some ideas, some flows and some ways to make it more, you know, more engaging or maybe increase my reach. Is that kind of what you mean? Like, just start making a list like that. And then would they reach out to you and say, okay, how do I use, you know, your platform to help me do that? Like, what's the, what's the bridge between that list and reaching out to your organization?
1: Yeah, well, definitely, um, you know, I'm always very contactable by any like vegan businesses out there. I'm very passionate about the cause. So I'd love to help even if it's, you know, not our tools necessarily, even if it's just a conversation, point people in the right direction. Yeah, definitely can always reach out to me, but also, I mean, you know, we have search engines as well, like, you know, you can search for a lot of this stuff. And the other thing I would say too, is that where it can be really good for beginners to get started with is any kind of AI that understands natural language, just the way that humans regularly communicate. So that's something really cool about VAG 3 is that it's entirely built around that idea of very natural communication. So A very simple way if you have these kind of questions is you can literally go and ask vg3 so you know you can sign up for a free trial Mm -hmm. and we have uh, a chatbot in there that's trained on artificial intelligence so you can literally just ask that question you know like i have this task i'm trying to automate it how do i do that and it'll give you an answer
0: that's brilliant because i think that's the thing is people have more questions when they're getting started that if they can get some of those answers they can get a lot more comfortable with this concept and a lot more I guess, understanding of how it could potentially uh, work in their business, especially when they get firsthand experience. You know, you ask a question and you get a good answer. You're like, okay, you know, my customers may have this similar experience and I don't mind passing that on to them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's um, a big part of why we're seeing like all this public conversation around AI at the moment too, is like the conversational aspect of it has improved so much in such a short amount of time. And so it just makes these systems so much easier to interact with. When you know you don't have to know any code or like be technically minded, if you can talk to your friend on like Facebook Messenger or email, then you can talk to these AI systems.
0: Now, how do you make an AI system really sound like a human? Really, or is that maybe not the goal? Maybe that's our other problem: is we think it's supposed to sound like us, (laughs) Um, and maybe we're putting once again. It's always those expectations. And the reason I bring that up is, you know, when you think about the AI experience, sometimes, you know, what we bring to the table is our own baggage. You know, we used an AI platform a long time ago and it did this or did that, or we had a problem with it when we put it in place, you know, years and years ago. And like you said, what's AI today, it's not the same as AI even two, three, five years ago. So with that, you know, where and how do you feel like the expectations on what AI should be and how much should it be in that Human voice or in that human experience?
1: So, I think that the best use of AI at the moment is to augment what your human team is doing, not to replace the human team. So, I think that at the moment, AI is really great. For example, like, you know, you you have a lot of these conversations, people are like, oh, AI is going to replace copywriters. It's like, no, copywriters are the target market for AI, you know, like, Think about how many times it's a copywriter, you're sitting there staring at a blank screen, just waiting for inspiration. You know, what if you could just put that brief in and tell the AI, you know, generate 10 different ideas for like what I could write about here. And so I think using the AI in a collaborative way is definitely the best approach for most use cases.
0: Okay. And then let's flip them to the other side. I think for a lot of people, AI is intriguing. But with so many privacy concerns these days, Mm -hmm. or even like you said, the data, the data is the key. A lot of times people may feel like they don't want their data, their information to go into that database. Do you have any, I guess, response to that or maybe even something you guys are doing to help people feel secure with their data and their information or how it's being used?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think this is a very important And again, this is something we're seeing a lot in the public conversation with like some major lawsuits going on with some other AI companies that have kind of indiscriminately collected that data. So for us, the only data we collect is the data that users opt in to give us. We don't ever collect um, anything without user consent. And we also have actually set up the company in Europe specifically for the reason that they have the strongest data protection laws in the world with the GDPR. So any user who uses our system has... Complete control over how that data is used. So they can delete it at any time. They can ask us to, you know, send a copy of any data we hold. And then, you know, if they ask for it to be deleted, we have to do that within 30 days by law. So, yeah, we consider like data privacy a lot within our organization. I think it's extremely important. And I guess the other thing I would say to that with like the way that we do use opted in data is we only use that to look for the trends in your marketing data that are going to benefit you, right? So we don't share that data with any third party. No one else sees it, we never sell it. It's purely just so that the algorithms can find those patterns as to, you know, what is helping your business to grow.
0: That makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. Now, as a business owner, a lot of times you're thinking about getting new tools, getting new software, getting new programs. And you also think about the investment. And I don't want to put you on the spot for pricing necessarily, but can you give people a sense of what they should be investing? Should they be putting aside a budget so that they can have AI um, software like yours? Should they be setting aside a budget so that someone is monitoring or they bring in someone who has expertise in the software? Like what's the right support system that's needed for people to really bring AI in in a big way in their organization or business especially when often we're talking about fairly small sized businesses fairly small sized nonprofits you know that don't have huge teams but are often trying to do a lot with a small kind of mighty team
1: yeah so i think that you know the way to think about investment in AI is it shouldn't be like an additional cost it should actually be reducing your costs okay so if you take something like an AI copywriter for example let's say you have like one person on your team who's doing copywriting maybe if you're you know getting started that's actually you know just you as the owner of the business maybe that's like a freelancer that you're hiring but you know as you grow you're going to need more copy being created right so is it going to be cheaper to say you know hire another person who might be you know 15 30 dollars an hour or spend just 15 30 dollars a month to get the AI copywriting software so that your existing copywriter can write 10 times as much. So that would be my answer to that, is I think that you know when that's used right, AI is actually reducing costs and increasing quality and quantity simultaneously. So it's very rare that you find that ever in business, right? It's like usually you've got your cost, your quality, your quantity, like one of those has to suffer to raise the other two. But with AI, it's kind of the rare exception to that rule. I would say like depending on the size of your business obviously as you get to much larger businesses you can spend a lot more and it might make a lot more sense to start maybe like hiring people for example who are specialists but mm-hmm. I think for businesses getting started all the way through to like you know medium sized businesses then just have a look at the tools that are out there a lot of these tools significantly cheaper than hiring your next freelancer or next employee And so just look at how you can make your existing team more efficient and yeah, it should be, like I said, about saving money, not about spending.
0: I like that idea of thinking about efficiency because I think a lot of times we always think we, like you said, you need more, you have to invest in more to create more, to grow your business, to scale it. But being able to help people do what they're currently do better, more efficiently, or even quicker, like you said, that staring at a blank sheet of paper Mm -hmm. or screen is a tough one and I'm such a a victim of it because it happens to me so many times that if I just had that spark to get started, often I can do a lot more. So I can see even in my own world how I could benefit from something like this. So maybe what we should do, especially at this point in the interview is let's give everybody websites, let's give them social media, because if people are intrigued, if people are thinking about taking that next step, I want to give them a sense of where they should be going and how they can you know, really take a look at this AI and how they can use it for their business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the first place to start would be on our website, which is veg3.ai. So you can sign up for a free 14-day trial that gives you access to the premium plan, which is unlimited usage of all of the different types of AI we have on offer. And then um, after that, we have Quite a range in pricing, from $15 to $325 a month. So, the on the lower end of that, that's perfectly fine for like solo entrepreneurs and that kind of thing. You can generate unlimited content with it, and also access the research library. But it doesn't have those marketing predictions for performance. And then, you know, on that higher end, with like around that $325 mark, you know, the idea there is like if you're already spending thousands of dollars. A month on testing your ads, you know you can save all of that money and instead test them with the artificial intelligence. So again, it's that idea of saving money rather than uh, costing more money. Perfect.
0: And then I have to ask, and we talked a little bit about this before we started. The name, you know, yeah. BG three. You know, you'd mentioned it. There's a couple of different ways to pronounce it. It's a couple of different meanings behind it. I'm sure other people maybe as it they heard it in their ear, they were curious how you came up with the name.
1: Yeah, everyone always asks this question, and it's um, it was actually a little bit of our marketing strategy to like get people debating how do you pronounce it. So there's three ways you can pronounce it, and there's sort of three different meanings behind it. So one is thinking about the three SNE, and E, and in that case, it's veggie because we're you know a vegan business. Another way is V E G three, which is you know sounds very much like G P T three, which is the technology that it's built on top of, and. The other way you can think of it is Veg3, which kind of sounds like Web3, uh, which is kind of this new version of the internet we're coming into with AI technology. So usually we talk about Web1 was the very early internet, Web2 was when we started having social media platforms, and Web3 is this new area that we're just starting now.
0: Oh, perfect. That's pretty cool. I, I definitely, definitely like that. And I like that twist on it. And plus, as a marketer myself, I definitely love things that create kind of conversations.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm really a bit of a word nerd. So I just love like play on words and that kind of thing.
0: That is great. The other thing I guess I wanted to ask you just looking at time is, you know, as an entrepreneur yourself, as someone who's went through this phase of kind of identifying what are the right services and the right mix, do you want to maybe reflect a lot of times I love to give our audience kind of perspective on your journey as you decided to go into AI, as you, like you said, you decided that, okay, I was doing an agency, one-on-one work, you know, only managing X amount of clients didn't allow me to help as many people. You know, what was that process for you? What was those aha moments? And do you have any recommendations for anyone who's building their business and getting comfortable with the idea that their business models might change over the years? You know, their way of servicing their community might change and might even morph into a slightly different business over the years.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it's a really important topic. And I guess the real key for me on my journey has just been, I guess, trusting to let go and to delegate. So whether that's like delegating to a software or delegating to you know a person that you're employing, I think that that for me was kind of like the biggest obstacle was like, you know, you're so invested in what you do as an entrepreneur, especially in those early days that it's like, the idea of kind of like trusting someone else to do something can be a bit scary for a lot of people. So I think that the things to think about is scalability of your impact, especially as a vegan business, you know, it's driven by more than just, you know, the desire for profit. Like we have this deeper purpose of trying to change the world. And to change the world, you know, it requires a lot more work than any one human can do on their own. So you have to be able to let go and to delegate out in order to grow.
0: Perfect perfect. Yeah, I so agree with you that it's it's hard at times to delegate. It's hard at times especially as an entrepreneur because for many of us, you know, we started either with us or just a small team, so we're so used to wearing all those hats that mm-hmm. it can be hard to kind of let go of that experience because it's kind of like the it's the thing that built us. It's the thing that helped yeah. us kind of grow. And at times it's so simple and easy for us to do at times that we don't let it go because it just has that good, you know, kind of endorphins that that, um, that you get from just knocking something out. But you're right, we really all have to figure out how do we pass the torch in a sense. Um, and whether we're passing it to software or AI or passing it to a team member can be a really difficult thing. And I love what you said about letting go because it's so easy to grab on and hold tight (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, as opposed to realizing that growth is always needed. And I think that's what kind of leads into the title of this podcast, you know, the idea of pivoting and getting comfortable with pivoting.
1: Yeah, I think that's so important. You know, the thing that gets you from A to B is not going to be the thing that gets you from B to C because you learn a lot of things on the way from A to B and then across that journey, not only do you change, but your map of the world changes as well, because you're suddenly seeing things from this new location. So um, hopefully that metaphor kind of makes sense to people. But I think, yeah, it's like really important to constantly be adapting, especially with the way that you know technology is changing, the world is changing. You know, Nothing is static. Change is the only constant. I love that. I love that.
0: Oh, it's been so great having a chance to chat with you. It's been so great to learn a little bit more about AI. And I hope for some of our listeners, maybe it, you know, relaxed some of that anxiety that maybe some of you are feeling around AI. And also, I think knowing that there's a place for us as vegans in AI, because like you said earlier, you know, a lot of times we want to participate in the markets. A lot of times we want to try new things, but the language isn't correct. It doesn't understand the ethics behind what we do. Um, And it becomes very frustrating that we don't get the opportunity to use what's kind of that next frontier.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, vegan businesses in particular, it's like if you run a vegan business, you're already a sort of visionary person in an aspect, right? Like you're doing something that's against the norm and progressing towards a better future. So you really need to be taking advantage of everything else that's kind of changing to progress us towards that better future as well.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. You just keep giving me these nice closeouts to our interview today. So, Sam, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for getting us a little more educated. And also, thank you for creating something for us. I'm really excited about it. I probably will give it a buzz or a try myself and do a couple social media posts about my experience because I think it would be fun to to test out the software but thank you so much is there anything else you want to share with our audience as we wrap up Yeah our well thank today? you so
1: much again for having me on and you know for anyone who wants to find out more about us our website is vg3.ai we're also on you know Facebook Instagram LinkedIn you name it search us up you'll find us
0: Perfect and please everyone reach out because I know for some of you you're curious you're not sure you're on the fence And it's so important that not only we support each other, this is really an opportunity for many of you to take that next step and see how you can bring it into your business. Even as we talked about in today's interview, we talked about the idea that, you know, write down some of the things that you need help with and AI may be that answer for you. And it may be an answer that you hadn't really thought about. And because we have a safe, wonderful space to try out AI in this vegan community, I really want to urge everyone out there who's listening today, listening to the replay or watching this um, live to make that jump and test out AI and really take a look at this amazing tool that's available to us.
1: Awesome. Couldn't say it better myself.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, who joined us today. I hope to see you in our next interview. But if you have any questions, any comments about today's interview, definitely use the comments below, or you can always send us an email, and we'll make sure we get back to you. So take care, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Pivot, our vegan business interview podcast. This is recorded as a live streaming session, so I hope you'll join us for future interviews as well. We offer these interviews to help vegan entrepreneurs stay connected with the vegan business community. If you're interested in more in-depth insights or training, please consider subscribing to one of our premium podcasts, Going Solo or Fix It. Visit veganmainstream.com to learn more or click on the links in the show notes.